back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Late Game Broads. Uh, we are we are riding we are riding one man down today. Uh, Keys will not be on the podcast today, uh, but it's just me and me and Joey here for the ride. I think we'll cover everything as, as best as possible and fill those gaps that uh, Mr. Shea is usually really good at. How you doing, Joey? Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing great. This is this is kind of reminiscent of us sitting in a a room with no windows in 2016 through 2018, just killing time. Don't worry, it wasn't jail. <laughs> All right, so uh one to start this and this is gonna be more of a conversation because it's me and you. What is the one big takeaway that you that you've taken away from the first three weeks of the NFL season? A big takeaway is, hmm. Maybe what I thought were clear cuts like playoff teams like have a lot more hiccups than I would think they would have whether whether it be um I mean I guess the easiest example would be the Raiders Saints, um, and and again, like like any NFL season, the injury bugs they, they jump up. Oh yeah, certainly active right now. Yeah, I mean, before we even talk about games. Let me get your take on grass versus turf. Oh, I mean, you know, grew up a southern kid, so um, I, I like to feel like grass. You know, especially as a, you know, as a lineman digging your foot into a grass, which has a little bit more give. Uh, but you know now turf isn't turf you know it's that it's that what they call like it's like half natural grass kind of some synthetic they kind of it's kind of like a blend now yeah like hybrid <laughs> yeah and it's not like the it's not as bad as like you remember the old uh the old vikings uh stadium just the beads well no where it was just like that carpet it was just a carpeted oh yeah well, you you, uh, you're just wearing you're wearing just flat shoes yeah you yeah you're just running um i think there's benefits to both i mean part of it is equipment where you know we don't ever talk about this but this is where stuff like you having the right equipment manager who can set you up with success like how how deep are your how deep are your boots you know which ones do you need to have screwed in and i think sometimes we don't think about these things but they they make a big difference yeah, I mean, just just from the interviews I've heard from former players, that a lot of them just prefer the grass, and 
what it might come down to is what a lot of people forget the NFL is a business first like upkeep for turf way easier than if you wanted to keep a grass field I mean we you've seen <laughs> some some terrible grass fields yeah like I mean if, 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 if weather is an issue grass fields if they're not kept right I mean even even sometimes you can't even keep it right if if weather's gonna be an issue I mean <laughs> I, I think my middle school and Chicago are in similar situations that Chicago feels pretty bad <laughs> I think uh what made you bring this up um the Sterling Shepard injury, um, Odell tweeting about turf, uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of ACL injuries and knee injuries and Achilles injuries have happened at MetLife. So I, I'm just curious about. If turf is the way to go in the NFL, they won't ever. They won't ever admit one way or the other. It'll be whatever. They'll they'll leave it to whatever the uh, whatever the organization decides. Yeah, um, because, I mean, because if you look at like some like soccer leagues, Premier leagues, all the all of them have they 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 all play on grass, and obviously in soccer it's super important to maintain the field that they play on so I was just curious if the NFL would ever just kind of put that we're all going to play on grass and we're all going to upkeep it I mean it depends on the like I said it depends on the, the organization whether they have the the resources to to upkeep because you know you you ever see the videos they kind of roll everything out in like those panels um, yeah I mean like I, I went I've been to the the Arizona Stadium I mean that, that's in the desert and their their grass they it's it's on wheels they they bring it outside for the sun they they water it a certain way I think the Vegas Raiders do the same thing so I mean if if you can upkeep it in the the desert like I, I think you could do it anywhere Yeah, that Shepard injury was pretty unfortunate, especially considering it's, it's the end of a game and it's, you know, he pulled, yeah, he pulled it, up it, immediately. It, that was 100% non-contact. Just, just awful to see. I mean, I hate the transition from like something as dark as like, uh, you know, Shepard's injury to you have any other takeaways from that Monday night game? I, I got nothing out of that Monday night game. I didn't already, I didn't already, already know. No, um, I I think my takeaway from the Monday night game is Daniel Jones might be better than I thought he was, but the organization has done no favors for that dude's career. I don't, I don't think that's the thing at all. I think 
I think Dayball is trying to his best to coach around Daniel Jones's weaknesses. Uh, and you clearly see it, like when they when they were trying to go to they were trying to go to the half, and they could have gave they could have gave Daniel Jones another shot at him, but Dayball does not trust him. And I think part of it is I think part of it is like Tad Tad Josh Allen for the last you know the last three four years going from Josh Allen to uh, Daniel Jones has to be a hell of a a hell of a transition. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, go from the Buffalo offensive line to the Giants offensive line. Once you bring in Stephon Diggs, there's no number one in the Giants organization. Saquon has been a g- amazing. I thought uh, I thought Tony was gonna Kadarius was Kadarius Tony. Yeah, yeah, I, I he think he's gonna be a number one, and I don't, you know. It, I think is he hurt? He's hurt right now, right? <coughs> well. They say he's hurt, but also there's some rumors that the coaching staff isn't exactly happy with him. Mm-hmm. They're looking to they're looking yeah. to kind of move on away from him. So I mean, so so you draft him as a first round, then you pay Kenny Galladay all that money, like I mean, I mean there's there's a lot more fails than successes in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks? Quarterbacks one of the things you can't... A lot of resources go into quarterback, and I also think that a lot of times uh, all the sunken cost fallacy goes into quarterbacks where they'll... You'll invest into a quarterback, and then sometimes the staff, the GM, don't want to admit that they made a mistake, and they'll keep they'll keep investing in this person. This is the Blake Bortles situation in Jacksonville, where Jacksonville is a is an above-average quarterback away from a Super Bowl, and they don't want to admit to themselves that Blake Bortles isn't the guy. Um, we, we're seeing this. We also see, we see where some organizations, they kind of they jump off of somebody early. Look, I, I don't like the Arizona organization for a myriad of reasons. But when they realized that Josh Rosen wasn't the guy after the first year, they moved on very quickly. They realized that he wasn't what they were looking for. That was impressive. <laughs> now I have issues with them firing, you know, Stephen Wilkes after a year and not being fair, but whatever. Uh, and I think sometimes these these organizations they'll invest they'll invest in quarterback quarterback role and. They don't want to admit that, like, hey, we picked the wrong guy. I, I, think I don't. That, I don't, I don't think Josh Rosen is bad. You'll never, like, you'll never get the, you'll never get a chance to prove or unprove that. At this th- point. Th- there's no, there's, yeah, there's no fair evaluation with that team. No, no. That, hap- that happens all the time. You know, sometimes you, you know, you get into the quarter. People start getting to the quarterback thing, and then all of a sudden, it's because this is the one position that everybody talks about all the time. Everybody becomes a, 
a quarterback guru during draft season. You'll see it starting starting in like November. All of a sudden, everybody's a draft expert on quarterbacks. And <laughs> well, it's I mean, they, they were, it, it was a good talk talking about the Giants being undefeated, but they barely won their first two games. Honestly, <laughs> like if we, if you, there's really two undefeated teams at that point and now there are and those two are they're clicking I know I know you well, might have, have opinion. So this is, you, this you, is my you have this opinion is, about both of them I, I I do but I think I have a a so I think that we've seen it we've seen a trend this year and you know follow me here and I don't think maybe maybe we're coming out of the COVID, the COVID kind of the COVID preps and COVID era, and guys have had an actual off season to, to train and and work on stuff. The defenses seem like they're the defense, the defense, the NFL quality defense is back. And I feel like we hadn't had NFL quality defenses in the way that we remember in the last two years. And I feel like we're back to because you see it with the scores. The defenses, the defenses are are better than what they were in the last few years. The points, the points aren't being scored as much. There's more stops. There's, you know, there's better play on third. There's better, there's better play on third down. There's better coverage going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I just did just a just a quick scan. It looks like only two teams scored in the 30s, which is unusual because normally we see the. You know, we see the other the other end of it. You know, normally it's what we've seen the last few years is kind of these offensive juggernaut teams. Yeah, it's almost a, approaching like college almost. Yeah, and then the defenses kind of adapt and adjust to this, and it seems like we're kind of yeah, around just right. just make one stop. Yes, and now they're kind of like controlling the game. Yeah, and that's. I'm glad that's that's what's going on. But when I look at a team like Miami, I know Miami's 3-0. And on paper, it's one of those things on paper, they're 3-0. But you look at the last two weeks, I think Miami played. I also think it was the case of the last two teams that they played not closing the door on not playing four quarter uh, football. The Ravens clearly didn't close the door. They, that they thought, you know, they didn't finish the game that they thought they, you know, they, they had finished against Miami. And you could tell from Ken Dorsey's reaction in that booth at the end of that game, the offensive coordinator who was tearing up the booth at the end of that Buffalo Bills game Oh, that was they amazing. Thought they had that game won. Go look at the stats. Go look at the go look at the numbers. Go look at everything. They had they should oh. walked away from that game. And if you if you, if you if you just looked at the box score, you'd be like, okay, well, the Bills won by three touchdowns. There's blame to go all around. One big thing is. On the Buffalo side of the side of the thing, Josh Allen had 
get that dumb play at the end of the, the end of the first half, which cost him three points. And then you remember that weird double clutch throw that he had to the end zone on like a fourth down? Mm-hmm. And it just, he threw it in the dirt. I don't. Yeah, he, he doesn't usually miss a wide open receiver. Gotta stop picking and choosing when, you know, people that we want to criticize and people that we don't want to criticize. It seems like we, you look, we all like Josh Allen, but he's not above criticism. But he no, be no. He, for that play. he missed them, but a big, a big key is. Micah Hyde being out. And well, this, was, this is going to be my second point. And Josh Poyer being injured. So you have two young corners. You're like, okay. And then well, Oliver, I have, didn't, I have, Oliver didn't play either on the defensive line. On the defensive line. He didn't play out either. Yeah. So that's, yeah. But it, even the secondary, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, we're already starting unexperienced corners, but we have two studs at safety. All right, well, now your safeties aren't there. So Tua can probably get a couple out here and there. Just, just as I think that Buffalo's strength is their offense, their defense is top tier. Yeah, because they started with the – this is the Buffalo team, you know, I wish they was here – the Buffalo team is a remix of the old Carolina system where they built from defense. They started from the defensive end and then they built their team up like that. <coughs> that staff, that staff, the majority of that staff from the head coach down to the front office, they all come from Carolina that, you know, that Carolina, you know, where it was like Cam and it was Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, like that Carolina squad and that Carolina squad was defined by his defense first and everything else secondary. They built the defense first and they built everything else out from that defense. And that Buffalo team is the same way. Or if mm-hmm. instead of Cam Newton, there's Josh Allen. And there's a better offense around Josh Allen than there was for Cam Newton. Cam Newton just like, hey, Cam, you and three running backs, y'all go out there and y'all go out there and take on the world. But, um, Look, I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo on the the Miami fans like parade right now, but you know, you know deep in your heart of hearts that the party's gonna the party's gonna end at a certain point with with what's going on up, you know. Tua should never play in that game. That's second say- point. I, I thought you were going to say, even in your heart of hearts, Tua shouldn't have even been out there. Tua shouldn't have played, and that is a failure on the, whatever the, the secondary organization is, the third the, the third party <coughs> who decides where the players can come back in after, you know, clearing them for quote-unquote concussion. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the Atlanta-New England Super Bowl, where Julian Edelman was clearly concussed and didn't know where he was at, and still they let him get back in the game during the Super Bowl. Go back yeah, and watch I mean, the Super Bowl. Edelman should have never got back in. And Tua talking about it was a back injury. That's no damn back injury. There's a there's a college football player. There's a clip. It's floating on Twitter. If I find it, I'll put it in, in the show notes. College football player 
takes a takes a direct hit, like a direct can you know hit in the helmet, and he he froze up just like just like Tua did that same that same little spring you know what I'm saying little yeah that that seizure like sni- that yeah. sniper shot yeah he the same way when he tried to walk away just like Tua did Tua was concussed and Tua shouldn't have came back in the game but that's neither here nor there take your three and zero win right now but we've been but here with Miami before. Even, so just going to that, like even with the, if they say it's a back spasm, I've never had that issue. But I don't think that would be just a one and done. Like ah, oh okay, I'm okay. Like I feel like a back spasm would almost linger a little more than a concussion. I've never had that. Like some yeah, some yeah. We'll, we'll continue to monitor the Miami thing. As far as Philadelphia goes, the other 3 0 team, uh, look, it's kind of one of those things where we all kind of, we all see it. <laughs> look, they're they're a good team. They're they're a good team. They did everything right last year. You know, last year they, they had their success last year. They built on their success last year. And, you know, Galen's is playing for you know, a future job. They still have, they have, what, two first-round picks next year? So they're still, look, <clears throat> there's a chance that you can see they might they might make them, they might be a mover and shaker, you know, come trade deadline if they want to boost something up. But right now, I mean, look at their schedule. Who, who challenges them on the way, you know, the rest of the way? If you look at their schedule, there's an... Yeah, I mean, their division's favorable, their schedule's favorable. They have the classic, uh, the classic Patriots schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether like they'll play like the you know, Patriots play the AFC East and then like the worst the worst teams that they can find and then one one really good team they'll play a year. So yeah, I mean, De- Devontae Smith he's he's coming into his he he's playing great, but that pickup from AJ Brown like. That I mean that that could turn an offense from good to great like that. There's no denying that. So there's a three game stretch coming up that if you want to call it like possibly rough, possibly it's Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas, and then they play Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh doesn't that's, even have a quarterback right now. And that's a one and a possible. <laughs> Houston, they play Washington again, then Indy. In Green Bay in late November, in Tennessee, then New York, then Chicago, then Dallas, New Orleans, and then New York again. Yeah, they're, they'll be fine. No, yeah, there's no denying this team's gonna injury injury go bug for- injury bug. You know. Other than that, like I, I think that there, there's a lot of freaking out between between teams' records right now. And look, there is not a lot of difference right now between three and zero and zero and three. Look, um, I mean, I mean, you could, you you could hear people having like huge conversations about one and two and two and one. Yeah, but right now. 
I think there's a lot more balance in the league than than there has been in previous years. Like I don't I don't think do any of us think Vegas is as bad as their record says they are? No, I don't think they are. A lot a lot of the conversations are with reputation and just like a quick eye test, but like really like there's I don't think no, I don't think the Raiders are the worst team in in the NFL. So the Raiders losses, they've lost by five points, six points, and two points. That's as close as you're gonna get to, you know, as far as losses go. Like that who's coaching? Scott Frost? (laughs) But that you know this it's not like they're getting blown out. This is what I'm saying. Like, if they were getting blown out, they're like, okay, well, clearly this team isn't good. But they're no. I mean, they, they should they should have beat the Cardinals. Yeah, and and then, they, and then they're holding their own against the Chargers and the Titans and other top teams. Like, someone has to lose, but now it's up to them to figure out how not to lose a close game. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of like that part of it is like the the Monday morning quarterback, and part of it is like the I'm just looking at these teams on paper and not looking at like the deeper stats. Yeah, if you look at this on paper and you go, oh, Vegas is 0-3, they suck. It's like, well, okay. look, so Vegas I'll is better than. <laughs> go ahead. The Raiders are 0-3. They play the Broncos Sunday afternoon. The 0-3 Raiders are favored by two and a half. That's because the Raiders, look, the Raiders are a better, I'll say this, on the offensive side, if you compare offenses, the Raiders are a way better offense than what Broncos have right now. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Let's Ride Nation. Okay, part of that is, it's become fun and weirdly, it's become really weird to like dump on Russ all of a sudden, which, okay, that's cool. But uh, like, I saw Eli make a statement about like, oh, they should have spent oh, that 253. Yeah. And it's like, Eli, Eli, you can't talk about anybody because Odell was carrying you those last two years. You were in, yeah, you know, like, Odell was taking five yard slants to the house. Do we covering want to talk you about the, yeah. the Giants defense? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's calm down, buddy. Like even Tyreek catch, like you couldn't you couldn't replicate that in the lab. I think look, we'll we'll keep we'll keep watching what's going on with Vegas and they reported the whole thing about oh he had to close the meeting with Mark Davis. Mark Davis is not gonna fire. He's not gonna fire Josh McDaniels four games into the season. Everybody relax, like it's no, I mean I mean it's it, it's nice to throw the the Denver record along with his record now and be like terrible, but and look, they unfortunately play in a strong, like a strong division. Like, look, they play Houston, they play, let's see, Denver, Kansas, by week, Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indy. 
then Denver again, Seattle, Los Angeles. Chargers, Los Angeles, Rams, New England, Pittsburgh, San Fran, Kansas City. That's a hard schedule for anybody. Yeah. Now, granted, they're look, they're a little behind the eight ball because they took, I think all three of their losses were, well, one of the losses was in, in division and then the other one was in conference. And so you never want, you know, if you're going to lose, you want to lose to like the opposite conference, you know, yeah. Like I'll take that loss. Like that loss to Arizona. Like, yeah, I'll take that loss all day. But like, they'll get it together. They'll figure it out. I still, yeah, I, I no, felt faith. No, this this isn't like a Oakland's picking first situation. I don't think. There's other teams that I have far more concerns about what's going on in in Vegas. All right, so let's. You know, we've kind of talked the overview of this this past week. Is there any any team that you're either after watching the game that you're either concerned about or you're kind of like, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about feeling feeling more excited about. Feeling more excited about that might be the uh, Thursday Amazon Prime game. Someone feeling a little bit about your Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns. I mean, is this before or after you find out about Miles Garrett slipping his car over a bunch of times? Hope he's okay. Man. From the from the reports, he from the from just the lo- local reports I've seen, he is gonna be okay. I'm assuming he's not playing this Sunday after pictures of his Porsche. Oh, there's pictures out there? I just yeah, there's pictures. The Porsche, so so the, the, the reports are right now that um, he was driving in raining conditions and he swerved to hit, to not hit an animal. Like a deer or something, and he flipped it a couple of times. But he went. He went to the the hospital. Nothing's life threatening. The passenger's okay. So it's just kind of waiting right now to hear the injury report on the on the accident. But the Porsche looks like a Porsche would look after yeah. a couple of flips. Okay. Well, I'm glad he. I'm glad he's okay. He might have went Iron Man and just put his shoulders on the ground and just rolled with it. I don't know. So what did you take? So you said you were impressed by Cleveland. So what did you take away from that game? <laughs> I was impressed with Jacoby. I, I hate the term game managing because then that seems like the, the quarterback is just just skating by. Look, there's a lot of quarterbacks that play for Nick Saban in Alabama who got championship rings just by being game yeah. manager. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong being a game manager, okay? I mean, there's no better duo with running backs with Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt. But he's hitting Amari. He's getting the tight ends involved. 
Like that's that's all you need to do. Like Baker to do last year, but he just didn't do. Yeah, with Jarvis Landry and Odell. Get it, man. But I've I've liked Jacoby since, like, when he was with the Colts, and was it a Luck was out those first couple games, and Jacoby was stepping in. Oh, when Luck retired, didn't he? There was there was a four game stretch. I don't know if Luck was injured or. Was I that, think he was. I think he like injured his rib cage or something like that. And I think Jacoby yeah. had to step in. Yeah. Like, he can make all the throws. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Pittsburgh's in a lot of trouble without TJ Watt. I think they're in a lot of trouble with Trubisky being look. Trubisky isn't. Look, you went to the draft. You drafted. You drafted Pickett. Okay, Pickett is a is a is a pit kid. Played a kid. Played a pit. Leads split pit all day, and eventually, what's going to happen is the uh, the Tebow Kyle Orton moment on a primetime game where Trubisky's going to be stinking it up, and the crowd is just going to take over the game. Hey, we won. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know, I know what Tom was doing. Tom was an old school guy. He's going to put, he's going to give the veteran the chance, you know, the chance to, to prove himself. Yeah. The, the rookie didn't win it. You have to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what he, yeah. He, he wants to see. And you know that's fair, and you know in the NFL it isn't often fair to players. It's, it's a fair way to play it. But look, when when you guys start falling off that that playoff that playoff, you know that bottom seed started getting further and further away. You're gonna make it a make a decision. And hopefully, makes the right one. So you yeah, were very impressed with Cleveland. Huh? I I am, which sucks because. I'm similarly expressed or impressed with uh, Baltimore. We we said that we thought there was going to be more than one uh, playoff team coming out of that division. So. Yeah, and, and so what what a surprise! If you keep Joe Burrow on your on his feet, he's successful. I also, also think that yes, Burrow took a lot of hits this in the in the Jets game, but I also think that I don't think Cincinnati is going to play a defense as as good as what we know the Dallas defense is and what we know the the, the Pittsburgh defense with a fully healthy TJ Watt is. Because yeah, this this Chicago this not Chicago this this Dallas defense with Michael Michael Parsons is. Is legit. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous having him on one side and Lawrence on the other. Yeah, Devo was. You know, like he ran the clock a little bit uh, Monday night. Yeah, like 
if they brought any type of pressure, it was just look out. <laughs> so, my so the, so the Bengals are playing Miami on Thursday. Did you see the uh, the Tyreek warning shot to Eli uh, Apple? So I have a various. I have. A, I can't believe I have to discuss this. So Tyreek has gotten a fly through, you know, below the radar with a lot of stuff that he's done in his private life that I feel like we just completely forgot about. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's easy to to pass over some stuff if you got like a nickname like Cheetah. Yeah, and I, just, I just I look at like how other people get treated. Or mistakes that okay. God, I hate when people say this. People might hate me for saying this. I look at everything Ray Rice did and what he did afterwards, and you know what he did afterwards, or what the league did afterwards. What he did afterwards to prove that he was, in my opinion, he was contrite. He was. I believe. I truly believe Ray Rice is sorry for what happened. I believe both him and his him and his now wife. I think both of them got in a situation that got out of hand, you know. And you know, bad things, bad things happen. Bad things that shouldn't have happened. Both both personnel in that situation made decisions that they shouldn't have made. And I believe he was. I believe he he was very sorry. I think he believed every. I think everything that he did afterwards to. To show and prove that he wasn't that person. I truly believe that. I, I really do believe that. Uh, with with Tyreek Hill, I don't. I don't. There, there's been two cases. There's there's two cases. There was a case before he even got in the league. Yeah. No, I mean like, <coughs> I, like you don't see too many interviews with Tyreek Hill. Like maybe maybe I'm just not. See, you're starting to see him now. Like since he signed with Miami, you're starting to see him now. Kansas City did a good job of keeping him bottled up. Yeah, like when I when I saw that interview about like, oh, they so this this dude's just in sunglasses and a robe inside. And he's like, oh, we play on Thursday on Amazon Prime. Oh, I didn't know that. Who do we play? It's like, what are you doing? I get it. It's, it's the wide receiver diva diva thing, you know. You know, it's the the, the descendants of the, the descendants yeah, of Michael no. Irvin. You know, no, de- definitely shout out to Kansas City for keeping this dude away from microphones. But I even like all the weird stuff about like all the weird, seemingly shots that he would take at like he would take him homes and then. It, it, it was just, it was just some weird interviews he's given the last, the last six months. But you know, this is neither here nor there. Uh, as far as, as far as Miami in in Cincinnati, I, you're gonna see, you're gonna see them take a lot of shots at Eli Apple for 
Look, I, I would. If I was the offensive coordinator for Miami, I would too. But I also yeah. think that you can't let Tua get in rhythm. Like, you can't let, like, he's just like any other, you know, any other young quarterback. Like, you can't let him get comfortable back there. Like, hit him no, a few I, times. I think, I think since, he has a, since he has a good defensive line to create the pressure. And honestly, like, uh, Awuzie, he follows the one. So, like, that's not even really like a Eli Tyreek matchup, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll happen a couple times, and there'll be some fireworks. We'll push each other. It'll be uh, what was Jalen Rose called a hold me back moment? Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to a team to team or teams that uh, I was either impressed with or not impressed at all. Oh. Uh, I'm going to put both of these teams in the same boat. And it's for one particular position. That's New Orleans and Carolina. Now, let's let's talk about this. I think that the issues that New Orleans is having at quarterback and the issues that Carolina is having at quarterback are completely different issues. Yeah, they're not the same issues, but they're issues. Yes. I think one, you have a quarterback that you have a quarterback in Jameis that Jameis is making some classic Jameis mistakes, but also when you look at his, look at how he how he's moving and how he's throwing, this is a cat that's still hurt, and I don't know whether he won't turn over the position to uh, to Dalton. Or he can't turn over the position to Dalton. Um, but Dennis Allen needs to make a decision. And this is the difference between a Dennis Allen and a Sean Payton. I think Sean sits sits James Winston. I think Sean looks at looks at James and goes, sit down. Get healthy. You're not helping anybody right now because now not only is James playing, but now James is throwing these picks. These picks there's two picks there's what two picks instances in two weeks? Yeah, he threw one against uh, against Tampa. Yeah, and then and then two against Carolina. Yeah, and so start getting because look, this this New Orleans team had high hopes, and if you look at their look at their wide receiver core, I'm you, I will never take you. You can't convince me this year that there's a better core. Than Alave, Thomas, and Landry. And Kamara right. in the back. And you got Kamara. Yeah, he missed Kamara five times. That's. <coughs> I don't know what he's trying to get Alave involved, but Alave is getting a lot of big target share. I think he's seeing, oh, so, much, he's seeing so much of a target share that I think his eyes are. Offensive rookie of the year moved up like moved up five hundred or something like that. He's plus five hundred. Yeah. I, I think I said that in the first week. I said Alave is going to win offensive rookie of the year because Jameis wants to go deep. James also has to look around and see. Was, see but Alave's 
What's crazy is Alave is more than just a fucking go route. That dude is crazy. If you can use him, Thomas, and Jarvis, there's always some someone open in that trio. I guarantee you, it. When you look at the when you look at the all twenty two, there was one where he was in the red zone. He drops back, drops back. He does his his his. He's looking downfield, 10 yards in front of him, standing there right in the middle of him, right like right in the middle of the field, is Kamara. Yeah, yeah let's, let's not forget that that dude oh, is... Uh, he's the most dynamic running back. I'd, I'd say that. Yeah, but if you can't yeah. give him the ball. Yeah, then he's just just a dude who eats Skittles or whatever. Or not. Uh, that's uh, Marshawn. He eats airheads. Um, airheads. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm concerned about this New Orleans team. I think start losing confidence, and then there isn't. There isn't a Sean there. There isn't a Sean Payton to kind of go, look, we've been through shit. Let's push. Um, you know, P. Carmichael seems like a nice guy, but I don't know if he is the guy for, for what they need right now. Dude, I, you, I think you would need a special head, co- or like head coach if you have Jameis on your roster. think that this is why Sean left. Do you think Sean went, I can't do anything with Jameis? If this is the direction we're going in, I'm not I'm not participating. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been that, or it could have been like, it, it might not, not even been a Jameis thing. It's like, I'm probably not going to get anyone like Drew. Can I just go out as a winner? <laughs> So you know, I'm I'm of the Sean Payton is going to coach next year camp, and I've been I've been like that very in Dallas. I said in Dallas. Now let me throw two other teams at you, okay? For Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. One we already talked okay. about, Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I can just see Sean in the. In the in the black and silver, you know what I'm saying? The visor, him cussing out David, you know, cussing out Carr, you know, I can see it all. But the other one, the one I can't get out of my head. Can, can I try to guess? Go ahead. Commanders. Hell no. They don't have the they don't have the structure for him. No, I don't think so. He needs he wants two he wants one or two things. He needs either a good ownership group or a a already decent team in place. Hmm. The Chargers. Joe Lombardi is a disciple of the Sean Payton. The Sean Payton offense. 
He coached yeah. under Sean Payton for a long time. Uh, just, just think about it. Like, you replace Staley with Sean Payton as a coach. How many more wins does this Charger team have? Staley's not a good coach. I'm, I, look, this, 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 let's cut the crap in this situation. He's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. Hackett is not a good coach. Um, I give you another one that I, I don't, I don't think is a particularly good coach. Zach Taylor's not a good coach. That's another one. I know he wins the Super Bowl last year, but I think that was more or less the sum of the pieces that he that he had. Yeah. Like, Some really good luck when it came to like that, that, that was that was that was a simple guy getting carried in a group project type of situation. Yeah, these guys that came from like the they all came from the uh the Sean McVay system because everybody was looking for the next Sean McVay. Should should the Chargers should they kind of shelf Herbert, you think? I would have shelved Herbert. I would have shelved, look, especially considering your, your damn team doctor isn't the same team doctor that, that took Tyrod out? <laughs> I, oh, my you know, God. Could you imagine the next person who's getting a shot from that dude after Tyrod? Like, all right, let me just give you a little shot. Like, no, nothing. Do you have Tylenol? <laughs> like, fuck you. I don't think that you know, I don't think that Chargers are Chargers on a bad team. I just think that they they've never had a they've never had the right coach in there. And I think mm-hmm. that look Staley, they thought Staley was some some wonder kid. He isn't. He clearly isn't. He makes these weird decisions, these weird coaching decisions. You're down 28 points, and your quarterback would bust it up ribs and still in the game. You're like, oh, he wanted to stay out there. No, fuck that. You were the coach, you're the leader. You're telling me he sit his ass down. Yeah. A head coach can make the difference. Like... All right. Say it. There, there, you well, already know. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. You yeah. knew it. Yeah. Look. Like, having an adult in the room makes a lot of difference. No, it's crazy of what just a leader mm-hmm. from college to professional football. When you have grown men who's taking care of their families earning generational checks like you you have you you have to be the guy you have to talk to them like adults not like some fucking weird corporate overlord yeah yeah. calm down sensei they rewarded him with a fox sports job um so that's crazy like this jaguars eagles Eagles are favored minus six and a half. I don't know, dude. I mean, that might be a lot of Eagles hype on that spread. Uh, I mean, 
where's the so you're having you're having the Eagles so, team play a Jacksonville team that is still young. They're still young, but the Jaguars just blanked the Colts and then kind of smoked the Chargers. Yeah, they smoked the Chargers. The Colts are just the Colts aren't a good team and they should they should have took that. Look, if Chris Jones doesn't get a fucking uh, a goddamn a flag at the end of the damn game, they lose to the they lose to the Chiefs. Can we, can we please know what that like what he said? Because it did not look very emotional. It did not look super intense. Like he must have said something egregious for that ref to make that call. It was a, it was a dumb call. It was a, it was a dumb call. It was, it was, it was stupid. It there. Yeah, it was very unnecessary and it changed the game. Now, with that being said, all all my friends who are Kansas City fans or they're not they're not you know thankfully they're not just going oh we got we got screwed. They're kind of they're taking a more adult approach to this about like. Hey, look, the offense didn't perform. You know, the offense yeah, didn't like, no, you like, know. your game shouldn't come down to a, a a call against the Colts when you're now when you're the Chiefs, but let me put this bug in here. What team do you think would be willing to get rid of their be willing to I got an idea for you. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, general manager, mm-hmm. would you call the Giants and be like, what do you want for Kadavis Tony? Are you trying to like say like what would you do? They need another wide receiver. Well, how would you get your number one? They need they need another wide receiver. I don't know where they're gonna get it from. I don't I, know whether I mean, they call. They're they're never gonna get it in the draft. Um. You call do you call the commanders? You could do commander like for what McLaurin or Dotson. Yeah, but didn't didn't one of them just sign a massive deal? Yeah. R.I.P. McLaurin. Um, would you? They need to go find them. Would you? Would Mike, you call Michael if Thomas? You won't be able to get it from New Orleans, right? Well, <laughs> so I feel like if right now it's a no. Talk to me in like a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel the same way about Seattle. Hey, what you wanna what you want for one of your receivers, uh, Seattle? You know, you guys are clearly getting ready to hit the reset page. The only one that you guys cared about is the Russ win. And you guys from all my Seattle fans do not care if they don't know in another game this year. But at a certain point. Kansas City has to try to find a a wide receiver to complement or 
kind of replace what Tyreek Hill kind of offered to them at a cheaper rate, of course. Issue is, I don't see a lot of teams that are that have a wide receiver that they're willing to get rid of that isn't going to cost them an arm and a leg. I have to look through the I have to look through the overall rankings and kind of go from there. But I just feel like that that Kansas City team isn't done developing what it needs to what it needs to have next. So I was talking about the Bears uh, and how I was disappointing the Bears. And you wanted to pop in and say something about the schedule? Yeah, I mean, so they played the Giants next, which we saw them, like, Daniel Jones and Fields could be similar in how they attacked the, the defense. But just looking at the their schedule, they have a chance to just be an average team which they need to do a lot more, which then this, their record would not show how much the Bears need to improve. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in that weird NFC North on top of that where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is your god in Detroit. <laughs> Detroit is a better team than we give them credit for, and there's a lot of bad juju going on with Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna abandon Soldier Field eventually. It's just, it's just sad time. I feel bad for all my Chicago friends. So, is there anything else about the NFL that you want to talk about before we look in the top 25 right quick for NCAA? Yeah, I mean, the last thing I wanted to finish with was Packers-Bucks. What did you take away from that game? Because I got a whole lot of, like, all right, so Brady doesn't have Godwin or Mike Evans. And Aaron Rodgers isn't, like, at full full Aaron Rodgers fuck you form yet. He's getting there. And this might be a different game in three months. No, I, I mean, the the Bucks did a, a a great job of containing Jones and Dylan. Um, but Green, uh, I mean, not even Rogers found another weapon in in Dobbs. Eight eight targets, eight catches, seventy three yards, and a touchdown. And that, that's not like, that's not mind blowing numbers, but that's just another, another, like just Aaron Rodgers, like I can go to this guy, let's spread open the playbook. Like he, he didn't miss a lot of players, but he went to um, Romeo Dobbs a lot. So it's like, okay, is he finding a new guy he trusts, which would be perfect for Packers fans going throughout the season?
you know, I think, you know, we when we did our season preview, we had concerns about whether Rodgers still had it in him to to develop or kind of make the wide receivers around him better. I mean, he's in his how old is it? Rogers in his forties? Late thirties, early forties, something like that. I think I think thirty eight. You know, we we had questions about that, and it, clearly, like he, you know, he's starting to, he's starting to, he's starting to get the confidence level up in his wide receivers. And look, he'll look him and Devontae will, will always miss each other. I don't care what anybody says. You know, they had a rare, they had a rare but special connection between the wide yeah, receiver and that that'll always be a what could have been. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they. They were very they were very good with each other. They won't be they won't have the same level of success that they had, you know, apart that they did together. That's just that's just what happens. Um I do wanna see Let me look at let me look at Green Bay's here. I don't want to see if there's any like real, real pit stops that like. It's really friendly until the Bills. Patriots, Giants, Jets, Commanders. Yeah, then they get the Bills, they get the Lions, they get the Cowboys, the Titans, then the Eagles, then the Bears and the Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. Jesus Christ. So a lot of their, and even like a lot of the tough games, (laughs) they're home. (laughs) They're <laughs> at home for the tough ones. So Rogers is going to get four weeks to to prep his guys before they go play the Bills. Before they play the Bills, yes. Yeah, because okay, the Patriots might be hard because look, Belichick is still. I don't. I don't care what people say. Belichick is still a damn good fucking defensive coach. Uh, as far as taking away what you do best and forcing you to play. A different style of game. Like he might not, he might not have the offensive players that he had before, but he's still a good defensive schemer. Uh, but yeah. So so if, I mean, if even if you want to cancel out, I'm gonna trust the Packers defense over New England's offense. Yeah, especially considering we don't know what condition, we don't know what condition uh, Mac Jones is gonna be in. When we get to when, when they get ready to play, mm-hmm. which a year ago, what was the whole conversation this time a year ago? Oh, Mac Jones ended up being the best person out of that Alabama locker room, the Alabama uh, quarterbacks room, and now it's completely flipped. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play the Giants and the Jets are. Watch Robert Salah's. Watch his coaching seat. It, it might get a little hot by, by the time we see him play Green Bay in like mid October. It might be significantly warmer than. <laughs> than no, I mean it is the, right the, now. the same way that the Browns were like talking doom and gloom after the Jets lost. Everyone was blowing the Jets up after that win. It's like, all right, like that was statistically. Not not supposed to happen. So let's not act like they 
the, like that's a normal situation. Yeah. So, is there anything else before we pop over to the FCA Top 25? Um, NFL, no, we talked about. And we already gave her, okay, what's, what's your pick for Thursday night? Let's see, Thursday night, Dolphins, Bengals, oh yeah, we talked about Tyreek, Bengals at home. I think <coughs> the Dolphins take the first loss. I'm going to take the Bengals on Thursday. I have the Bengals as well. I think this is going to be the first time that everyone's going to be watching this Dolphins team. And I'm very curious because normally, you know, it's one thing, you know, we start watching these teams is like in like NFL Sunday where it's like everybody's kind of like watching whatever region or whatever, you know. And then mm. those primetime games, there's something about the light that shines on the primetime games or the, the national game that like everybody sees the same thing at the same time. And I wonder what we all come away with our feelings about that Dolphins organization. I, I, I'm gonna bet Joe Mixon has a big one. Okay, I think Jalen Waller has two touchdowns. I think they're gonna be so locked in trying to stop Tyreek Hill that Waller's gonna Waller's just gonna eat all our secondary targets up. But then you're going against. Oh, they're still gonna lose. They're still gonna lose. You have two touchdowns. They'll still lose. Von Bell, Eli, like there's a lot. You you've seen them in the same uniforms. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with Von Bell. Apparently, they all just went to Cincinnati. Yeah, they went with somebody who was gonna pay them more money. So let's let's look at this top twenty-five right quick. Ooh. Schedule for Washington Huskies, a sneaky four and O team. Well, sneaky to you. I, I actually I like Washington. I think I think Washington has some they have some good they have some good components. And <laughs> what what's good for them? They don't play USC. They have they have the big Oregon game and they can easily make it to the Pac Pac twelve championship. How funny would it be if we If we got all the way to, ooh, if UW is the fourth team to make it, yeah. If if we give all we've given all this hype to USC all year, and then at the end of the day, UW is the one that ends up winning the Pac-12. So let's see. No real disagreements on top four. Uh, I would have liked if Clemson would have dropped just one spot, but that's just me. Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma State. 
Okay. Clemson couldn't have dropped because USC didn't. They barely won, so it's like, oh, well, I can't pass them. Clemson had to go to double overtime. Well, USC was playing Oregon State, and I know, I know the Beavers. Oh, yeah, like, they they play them tough. Yeah. Okay. So they, yeah. Yeah, we're, 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 if we're grading it on Lincoln Riley scale, NC State is a sneaky. NC State is a sneaky team. They're sneaky. There's a sneaky four and team there. That's NC State. They want you not to pay attention. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Uh, <laughs> Penn State. Penn State has potential. Penn State. Penn if State. everything breaks right, Penn State could be in the top five in November, like November first. Penn State could be in the top five if they break a certain way. Yeah, I... Utah, Oregon, Ole Miss, Florida State. What is preventing Washington from moving up higher? They're four. Let's see. NC State's ten. Oklahoma State. Oh, it's because the only thing they they play so far of value is is Michigan State. Well, yeah, and then they get they just Michigan State just got Molly Wob like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Washington's in a in a position. It's like, hey, let's just win, and let the other guys like take take themselves out in front of us. They're in the situation that all of these. This is why I hate all this moving around. that's getting ready to happen, like. At the end of the day, man, win your conference. Win your conference and then let things play out how they play out. That's the one yeah, thing I, mean, I used to like about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll used to talk about this when he was the head coach at uh, USC. Pete Carroll said the only thing that he cared about every every year was making it to the Rose Bowl. Because he knew if he made it to the Rose Bowl, you know. It was probably more than that. Yes. His goal was to make it to the Rose Bowl every year. Texas A&M, oh boy, boy, Oklahoma takes the big tumble. They they drop twelve spots. Um, Michigan's playing Iowa, who's going to be one of their toughest defensive games this year, but Iowa has zero offense. So what does that mean? That's just kind of a an eye test. Like, how does Michigan handle good defense? Yeah. BYU is kind of sitting pat right now. Arkansas takes the big two. Okay. Arkansas oh shouldn't have failed. They shouldn't have failed ten. They shouldn't have failed ten. Like they should have fall, but they shouldn't have failed 10. due to the nature of how that game ended. Like no, that that that, that that's the committee saying, "Thank God they lost. Let's get them out of here." Yeah, that is kind of, yeah. Can't have these fucking non-blue, non, you know, yeah, non-big dog it. SEC teams. Uh, yeah, we're going to drop you 10. Arkansas even going to get a shot to get back into the top 10 again? Probably not. If it, this is their only this week versus, versus Alabama. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Well, no, they're going to. They gonna throw them out of the top twenty-five. 
yeah. Minnesota's in. Wake Forest dropped one. Wake Forest shouldn't have dropped. I don't like that. Wake for look. Wake Forest was the twenty one, the twenty one ranked team in in football, in in the NCAA. They took on the number five ranked team, and they took them to double overtime. Why do you drop one? Yeah, just theoretically, like, oh. shouldn't yeah, the number like, twenty two hey. team lose to the number five team? Yeah, it's like, hey, maybe these guys are closer than we thought. Because it's weird. Because like, they gave Texas all that, all that, and I. You know, I wish Shay was here to fucking crow about this. Because Shay was all over this the moment that it happened. They put Texas in the top 25 for almost beating Alabama. Yeah. But when it comes no. to Wake Forest, <laughs> okay. I mean, that, you kind of have to look like, has there ever been a team that's moved off from a loss? Well, it depends on what happens Google. what happens around them. Yeah. Like I'm sure if some other lower twenty five teams lost, Wake Force might not have moved. But no, that's like people want to talk about a good loss, but I don't even know if you can Quantified they want to talk game. about it as a good loss until it's time to quantify a good loss, and then they don't want it. Yeah. Like, like, like week one, like Ohio State struggled against Notre Dame. Let's drop them. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying at all. Georgia struggled against Toledo. But they were favored by like almost 50. And was nowhere close to covering. Mm-hmm. So this is the other thing that's fascinating about the uh the Arkansas Arkansas loss, because this used to matter back in the day. They lost on a neutral site too. Yeah, neutral site used to mean something. They 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 were playing in uh Arlington? They're playing in Jerry's world, yeah. Yeah. They're playing, like, the the committee is playing fast and loose with their own traditional rules. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. So, Arkansas... Jerry's a big Arkansas, isn't he? Yeah, he's... Well, he played at Arkansas. He won the national championship at Arkansas. Mm -hmm. He's an offensive lineman. Um, So, Arkansas's... Arkansas's probably going to lose to Alabama. Let's say they keep it within three points to Alabama. So, do they drop completely off the top 25? Because this is oh, just like we talked about before, where the number two team and the number 20 team play each other, and the number 20 team stays in and locks up with them and loses by less than a touchdown. Why should they drop anymore? You know? I think if they keep it close, they'll still stay ranked. Only because Wake Flores and Florida State are both 20 teams so one of them would have to go and um, <coughs> there, was one, there was one other game I was looking at that was like well the other thing is they play BYU in two weeks who's ranked in the top 20 right now 
Mm-hmm. They have a weird, they have a weird schedule. They, they, they have four ranked teams on there. They had Cincinnati, Texas A&M, Alabama, BYU. Oh, and they had they had Ole Miss on there. That's five ranked teams they play. There's so many one loss teams in Kansas isn't even ranked. That's like uh So right out of the top twenty five, the others receiving votes, Kansas, uh Cincinnati, Florida, Washington State, Syracuse, Oregon State, Texas Tech, North Carolina, LSU, James Madison, Tulane, UCLA, TCU. Mm-hmm. Florida, Texas, and Miami have all dropped out of the top twenty five. Miami's terrible. Miami might drop two or three more games this year. They're pretty bad right now. No, they thought Josh Gaddis was a, a home run hire. I feel bad for him. I'll see. Man, uh, if, if Tulane didn't lose to Southern Miss. Tulane would have gotten to the uh, Tulane would have gotten to the top twenty-five for like the first time ever. Man, go ahead. Now I'm just, I'm 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 scrolling through the schedule real quick, trying to see who do the Jayhawks play. Iowa State three and one. Iowa State's favored. Oh my God! If Kansas can go five and zero, do you remember college football in two thousand seven, where everything was just ridiculous? Yes. How do we get back to that? Well, well, you bring back that. You bring back the very restricted BCS bowl. The BCX uh, computer, and you go from there. (laughs) (coughs) I always felt like they should have kept the computer, like an aspect of the computer in there, just as at least as an advisory type of situation. (laughs) Everything else is going so much more analytic and cyber, and we're like, no, we should just have like. 12 old guys in a room decide. 11 old guys and Condoleezza Rice should be in a room together. Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. No, like, uh, everything else should be much more statistically and analytically. No, I want these old guys to, to really guide us. There's there's still a lot of there's still a lot of good games for college coming up this weekend, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. We're gonna when I when the first thing I look at a college top twenty five schedule, any upsets, and I I can see a couple, so that that that's fun. Well, we'll see we'll see Washington UCLA play uh, Friday night. We'll see Kentucky and Kentucky and Ole Miss. 
Oregon and uh, TCU. Arkansas. Navy versus Air Force for you military types. Navy versus Air Force. Yeah, Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor should be a good one. Wake Forest and Florida State. Yeah, that, that's... Loser, loser I mean, drops out of top 25. <laughs> and if Florida State wins, they can do a big jump. Yeah, they should be. They should be set up for a big jump. The uh, name is in Mississippi State, LSU and Auburn. Ah, shout out, shout out, Keys. Shout out, well, shout out, Keys. South Carolina State and South Carolina play Thursday. Mm-hmm. Let's see, yeah, North Carolina State and Clemson, man. They, you know, North Carolina State is the 10th ranked team, and they're gonna play on the five ranked team and go from there. <laughs> So who who did the game group for? Anyone playing Clemson? All gonna be North Carolina State fans. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a fairly I say better's that's better than the last than you know some of the schedules that we've seen the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. Ooh. Even not uh, like Mississippi State. They're not ranked, but that could be a good game against AM. Like a real good game. So there's some good in two like, weeks. I'm probably some... gonna I'm probably gonna take Mississippi State over AM. So in two weeks, there's some I just I just looked at the two week like week six, uh October fourth and tenth. Let me let me interest you in some uh some Auburn, Georgia, Texas AM, Alabama. That's gonna be an awkward handshake. Uh I love awkward handshake <laughs> games. Uh <laughs> Washington State, USC, Texas State, and Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, Florida State, and NC State, Utah, UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona, Washington, and Arizona State. Well, screw Arizona State; they they sabotage my boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can we talk about that at the end of this college segment? We can talk about it now because we're just looking at we're just looking at future schedule. Go ahead. That that is a. Re- ridiculous but also very probable situation that information was being leaked to other teams so that that organization can fire Herm and I really I did not want to believe it but then the way I saw Herm get fired I'm like yeah that makes sense yeah they they wanted him out of there. It was just like a quick, like, hey, let him lose. Let him lose. Let him lose. One more, and you're fired on the five-yard line. I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction. What direction? Ooh, hey, we like, want, you're we really... Want, we want to thank you for everything. Really, you're a really, like, uh, cerebral, intellectual coach, but we want to go with someone more... Someone more Arizona-like. Like, what the fuck does that mean? We want to go Cliff Kingsbury, but we, we can't get him just yet because he hasn't been fired from... Yeah, we, we want Cliff Light. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. 
I don't know. Like, a name means something. <laughs> it does. Like, in college, it's, especially it's a, when it comes to college and recruiting, it, it's a resume. Yeah. Like, I thought Lovey Smith was going to be in a good situation in uh, Illinois. Like, it it matters. Mm-hmm. And like, De- Dion's in a different situation over in uh, Jackson State, but again, name matters, results matter. I know how to get. I know how to get you to the league. That's 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 an easy sell for a high school student. That's the million dollars. Easy sell for yeah. for parents. It's the million dollar statement, man. Yeah, I can get you to the pros. Oh, for it. Yeah. Like Herm Edwards should never be looking for a job, if you ask me, but. Maybe I don't know that. Maybe that's why I'm talking into a microphone that someone bought me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Cleveland Guardians uh, locked up a playoff spot. So, I think we're all Guardians fans this playoffs. <laughs> oh, man. That was okay. So, I had to look at that. That's right around the corner. Yeah. And, and we're going to get, we're going to get into that. In fact, I need to bring, we might need to bring somebody on. Uh, Kind of, kind of, kind of do some basketball previews, that, and yeah, that might be a next week. That might be a next week. It might, it might be like a, like a, like chop a separate, it up into a separate, yeah. Yeah, we might, we might do like a little record on a Saturday or something like that. Um, oh, for sure. So, according to this stat. This this can't be this can't be real. Doug Peterson is now tied with Urban Meyer for fifth all time wins by Jaguars coach. He's coached three games, and some bitch he is he is tied. Is is Doug Peterson, Urban Meyer, Mike Malarkey, Mel Tucker, Daryl Bevel? When did, when did the Jaguars become a franchise? Ooh, it was. It was in the late nineties. It was like ninety eight. Uh, ninety eight, right? No, nah, it was like ninety it was like mid nineties, ninety five. Because how it was it, them in the pain it was them in the past that came in the paint How is Urban in a top anything NFL franchise? give the disclaimer I love the guy I don't know 
what made him go to the pros? He had to answer that question within himself. Satan had to answer it. Like, he wanted to know. Yeah, I mean, that was, I want to know, or just like arrogance. Like, yeah, I could do it. I can do it. I'm, I, I've won everywhere else. Why can't I do it here? It's like the same situation that you and Saban were amazing collegiate coaches. <laughs> the programs you run won't work at that next level. I'll say this about uh, about Saban. Saban realized, I think I heard it Saban give an interview. It's like Saban realized, like once he didn't get Drew Brees, apparently Saban was pushing to sign Drew Brees, and the the medical staff like poo pooed it. He said once that happened, and he realized that like this wasn't you know, and then a few other things happened. He realized that he just wasn't you know his his realm was his realm was college. It's just like the same way I feel like I feel like Belichick would struggle. Belichick would struggle with some of the more with the recruiting aspect of college. I think Belichick's one of the greatest pro football coaches of all time. I think he is the greatest Be- football coach. Belichick might even struggle more with a like a hands-on owner or like an untrust tr- untrustworthy owner. Yeah, if he had somebody other than uh, yeah, than well, Craft, are we gonna yeah. say? Are we gonna say? Belichick is handling everything the same way in Dallas? No. That would be fireworks. I, I would pay I'd pay pay-per-view to see it. <laughs> see Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. Belichick smacked Jerry Jones twice. <laughs> but that's all I got tonight. Um, you know, I think we did pretty good without without our third man. You know, he over there nurses injury. Hope he feels better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we definitely need to kind of discuss kind of uh, basketball previews because look, I'm I am excited about basketball for the first time in quite a while because I have a basketball team. The Pelicans bandwagon is is full. You guys can't get on. I'm sorry. I've been on this bandwagon since the early 2000s. Got <laughs> No one wants to get on the Pelicans bandwagon. Yes, yes, you do. You will. You will. You will. Because everyone, everyone is jumping on Cleveland. Look, look, look. I have no problem with Cleveland as long as they look. I have no problem with Cleveland until we move hey, over to the hey. Eastern Conference. And and none of us have a problem with New Orleans. Just stay in your lane. Just in, until your we lane. move over, until we move over to the, you know, they, there's those two new expansion teams that's supposed to be coming, uh, one in Vegas and one in Seattle. So you know that's going to force. I think it's going to end up forcing New Orleans and Memphis to the Eastern Conference. Which you could say that like they probably should have been in the Eastern Conference a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> for a while. Like. Oh, you guys in the Western Conference, you guys got your road trip consists of you guys going all the way to LA 
in Houston and San Antonio. And it's, this is not fair. Yeah. Yeah, no, New Orleans, yeah, they, they should definitely be over. If they well, watch, the watch what happens. Like some, some fucking once in a generational talent shows up in the Eastern Conference in like four years and just going to mess the Eastern Conference all up. Another LeBron, two LeBrons are going to show up just out of nowhere. And just, oh, well, there goes. Oh. It was the Easter Conference for the next. You mean Bronny and Bryce? We don't speculate about kids. <laughs> we don't skip balances. We don't speculate about kids. No. Hey, there's nothing wrong if they're saying good things about them. Yes. Yes. I haven't seen enough of either one of these kids because I just. How many kids did I get sucked into in the early 2000s of like watching the YouTube mixtape thing? <laughs> and I never saw them again. Never. Hey, this kid looks amazing. Look at this mixtape. Look at this YouTube mixtape. Yeah, I never saw him again. Never. Yeah, there was a there was like a little kid I saw. This was way back in the day. Had like crazy handles. And like apparently he was only in like fifth grade. And like I'm, I saw him like a couple years ago, and then he was finally a senior, but he was still like the same height. Yeah. But he was still just, and like his dad and was his coach, and they started a prep school. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, Lavar, Julius <laughs> Newman. Yo, LeVar Ball said it, and it happened. All his kids in the NBA signed. Yeah, they all. I mean, I feel like I feel like Leangelo has he he signed a few contracts, but he keeps getting signed by Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> like he'll sign them like a two week or you know was a ten day contract, and then, you know like practice squad type. Yeah, but they look, signed, I, they look them. you know, good on you, Lavar. Like I, I have nothing like. In that department, I have nothing bad to say about LeVar. I feel like LeVar has always been <laughs> you know, honest. Like, yeah. It, he got like, he got all them boys. I mean, Lonzo's career might be over with. I mean, you know, you're hearing all the stuff about Lonzo saying he can't walk or he can't run or, you know, or yeah, jump right now. But, like, okay, well, he... he Like no one said like his kids were gonna like win all these champ, but he he got three three yeah. boys to the NBA mm-hmm. with God given talent as well as sweat equity, like working yeah. on it, like yeah, sweat equity, yeah, lost. Never lost. Never lost. <coughs> and thanks to you fans, we never lose either. So thank you guys for listening. Tell your friends about it. Pass it. Throw it in the throw it in the Reddit page to where it just randomly gets picked up by somebody else. You know, uh, we're trying to get to the point where we can we start selling advertisements on the page. Um, you know, we we want to grow just like. Hopefully you want to see us grow. So, uh, on behalf of uh, of Joy and behalf of uh, Mr. Keys, 
Garrysville. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.